Welcome to My Autism Tribe, an organization of advocates that are educating, supporting, and empowering those in our communities. We are one voice made stronger. I'm your host, Susan Scott. If you spend just one minute on Google searching for parenting memes, you'll be inundated with hilarious quotes and pictures on how to survive parenthood. It's something that us parents get a few good laughs from while we're silently screaming on the inside. How many times have we questioned ourselves, will I actually get through this? My guest today, Jessica Temple, is the creator of a podcast called FUBAR, Surviving Parenthood with Special Needs Kids. She's also a board-certified clinical neuropsychologist. That's pretty cool. Her podcast is all about creating a non-judgmental space to realize that we all actually will live through this, and she offers tips on making the survival of parenthood an actual possibility. It's absolutely hilarious. Jessica and her husband have two children with special needs. Their oldest has autism, ADHD, sensory processing disorder, and developmental delays, and their youngest little kiddo had a perinatal stroke and has developmental delays. It's a complete joy to welcome Jessica to our show today. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I just want to say, first and foremost, that I am absolutely in love with y'all's podcast, FUBAR. It's absolutely hilarious. I love the name. Not <laughs> sure you. if the acronym stands for what I think it stands for, but it, does. it would be so fitting. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I, we, so my husband actually came up with that name as a joke at breakfast one morning, and I thought it was perfect because I feel bleeped up beyond all recognition. Like, <laughs> that is perfect. I mean, that's that as special needs parents, that's exactly what we go through. So it, yeah. it may turn people off of the podcast, but it just felt like a perfect fit. Yeah, so well, it is an it. acronym. So yes. you can just say FUBAR and not yeah. feel bad about it. So I absolutely love it. I think it's hashtag mom life all, has yes. it written all over the place <laughs> for sure. So I love it. Um, and I love the intro of the gorilla. So for, I mean, I, I hope I've given enough of a teaser. Everybody has to listen to this podcast. It's hilarious and it's real and it's honest as if you. you cannot tell by the name itself. So let me just kind of dive into your your backstory. Um, so I'm always interested to see where people have been and how it got them to present day. So can you share a little bit with the listeners about just your family, who all it entails, what's your story? Sure. So myself and my husband, Lewis, um, we are married and we have two children, Benji, who's almost four, and Alex, who's almost one and a half. Benji, I've always known that he was very active, but I also always expected him to be very active. And when he was getting close to three, we had a meeting with his school and they said, we can't keep him here. His behaviors are way too aggressive. We can't manage him with just a couple teachers in the classroom. We think he might have what they used to call Asperger's syndrome. Mm -hmm. If you are going to keep him here, you need to get him not only tested, but you also need to get services through what they call here where we're living infants and toddlers. And you need to get a one-on-one or he cannot stay here. So that was the first time I, it dawned on me like, Oh, 
he may actually have autism. And once they said that, it clicked. So I'm an adult neuropsychologist, so I have an understanding and, and knowledge of these things, and it just never dawned on me because Benji was the kid I always expected him to be, so I didn't honestly sure. think anything of it. He just is the kid I thought I would have, and there he is. Yeah. So we once we heard that, I first started going through infants and toddlers, and five minutes after looking at him, they're like, he's fine, he doesn't meet criteria, see ya, sayonara. So I said, well, that was unhelpful. Let's try to actually get him assessed. And as probably, unfortunately, everyone in the autism community has had to deal with, the wait list to get tested was excruciatingly long. And it's been 14 months since we put our name on the waiting list, still haven't heard back. So I couldn't couldn't tolerate it. My my stress level was so high, I could not function. So since I have ties to the psychological community, a friend was able to get me in faster, three states away. And at the time, we actually had the funds to do out-of-pocket payments at a severely discounted rate. So we were able to get him tested, and about three weeks later, which is really unprecedented, we got the diagnosis, and then I mama gorilla'd into getting him all of the therapies within about a month and a half because I didn't want to wait any longer Yeah, because it, uh, you know, he was, he was three at that point. So we actually got his diagnosis in April of this year. And since then he's been an ABA, he had a speech therapy evaluation, but that was actually the one issue he did not have, which is good, very verbal. And he's been in PT and OT. So we've been dealing with a lot of aggressive behaviors, but we're, we're moving forward with everything else. Alex, um, we knew within a week that he was having a week of him being born that he was having some troubles. We thought it was just tongue tie, but over time he wasn't meeting any of his developmental milestones and he was months late with everything from holding his head up to rolling over to sitting up, crawling, walking, really all of it. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe six months in and he started, uh, physical therapy and speech therapy, like feeding therapy very early. Depending on when I talk about it, it's either anywhere between one month and three months, my brain can't function anymore. Sure, exactly. Somewhere young, he started feeding therapy, but he still wasn't meeting his milestones. So it was recommended to me by the speech therapist that he get an evaluation by a developmental pediatrician. Now, Mm -hmm. if I were to get Benji to see about developmental pediatrician, it would be a year long wait. But Alex, since he was a preemie, I forgot to mention that he was about five weeks early. Okay. We were lucky enough, they they'd assumed he was a NICU baby. And so this doctor saw him within a couple of weeks of us calling. Wow. He wasn't a NICU baby. We were very lucky, actually, even though he had all these difficulties, he was fine enough to go home within five days. So we were very, very lucky. But... Um, he, they, they said, you know, we don't, at this point, he's too old to do an MRI without sedating him, which we don't want to do since he's having all these difficulties, but we suspect he had a perinatal stroke. And that means a stroke sometime before, during, or shortly after birth. Mm. So he's been in PTOT and speech his whole life. He's very close to being on par with his peers now because we worked so intensively with him awesome. pretty much since birth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And he's a precocious little boy. <laughs> so he is like a teenager in a baby body. 
oh that kid he actually tried to sit on the potty today i'm like well our kids are so different we can't get the almost four-year-old to sit on the potty and the one-year-old wants to wow from the same womb it's it's incredible yeah i mean i stuck him on the potty but then he liked it but we're we're good (laughs) anyway so that's that's a little bit about my family and kind of where we are now and the journey that we've taken that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So it's, um, so you have two special needs kiddos and, yes. and that's, um, it's, it's a lot of work in and of itself to, you know, when you're, when you have one child that has any kind of challenge, you know, whether it's ADHD or developmental delays or, or autism, whatever it is. Um, because I've, I've talked to many, many parents and of course we're all we don't mean to compare but it's like silently we're comparing like kids like you know I just remember taking Alex to the pool um I stayed home with him for the first year and um what was able to do that and so we got to spend a lot of quality time and up up until that point in time he was checking all the boxes and meeting all of the developmental milestones Um, and so, but it was always, I would take him to the pool and I would talk to other moms about anything from feeding to whatever, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was, it wasn't until around the 18 month mark that those conversations with other mothers started to become a little different, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, Oh gosh, wow, your kid's doing this or, Hmm, my kid's not doing that. So, you know, and all kids develop at a different pace, but it was just one of those things that that started to become kind of like an eye-opening thing. And so, but I didn't have that neuropsychological background that you know I'm like I'm just I have a marketing background I'm, I have no idea although psychology intrigues me so um, that kind of started our path but that's right. really interesting everyone has very different journeys but they're all kind of the same too so it's really really cool yeah. well it was it was a little frustrating because you know, since I have this background and I, I love my field because people fascinate me. So I was watching him like a hawk just to notice every teeny developmental anything. Just like, just, it was fascinating to me. So I saw all of the signs very early on, mm. like very, very, very early. But the pediatrician said, no, 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 everything's fine. And he wasn't talking at eight, 18 months. And we got, an evaluation from infants and toddlers and they said well he doesn't really meet criteria so he's fine and then eventually he started talking and everyone kept saying it was fine so I just said okay I'm going to ignore my motherly intuition and everyone says he's fine so I guess he is yeah yeah exactly it was it was tough because I did notice things very early on but when all the other professionals are saying he's fine you feel like well who am I to question that you know you really do I one of the very first his one of his first pediatricians you know when I started seeing kind of signs because every time I would google like something some kind of developmental milestones that I didn't feel like he was hitting and stuff the word autism would always pop up and I'm like Mm. hmm so I'm scratching my head about it but at his two-year checkup I mentioned it to the pediatrician who was kind of old school but I really really did like her 
um, she was like, no, the, the, it's like, I mean, he, you know, is delayed in speaking and, and things like that. And, you know, as far as his picky eating, you know, you fix what's for dinner. And when you fix what's for dinner, then you close, you close the kitchen. He's going to eat when he's hungry. And so all of these things, I just, in my mother gut, didn't feel right about. Mm-hmm. And then it finally got to the point where it's like, I don't care. I'm just going to go and, you know, and get a diagnosis anyway. But in my mind, right. if a person has an MD behind their name, then they should be knowledgeable about all things, you know, pertinent to medicine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the last pediatrician, so all three pediatricians Benji has ever had has said he does not have autism. They don't think he has autism. Even the current one we have that we like, and we're like, okay, well, we have diagnoses from three other professionals. So we're going with that. Mm-hmm. And he gets like 40 hours a week of ABA. So I'm pretty sure yeah. they wouldn't give him 40 hours a week of ABA if they also didn't think he had autism. But, you know, they, they see the kids for such a short period of time yeah. that if they can pass as neurotypical for 10 minutes, yep. then it's written off as they're totally fine. Exactly. And that 10 minutes is nothing. <laughs> like you see them, you know, all all the time you know you see them at the dinner table you see them in the bathtub you see them in bed you see all of these different things so it's really interesting now how as far as when you were going through all of this I know that you mentioned that your stress level was at an all-time high how was your husband dealing with this were you guys working as a team (laughs) through this or what was that like we were working at it as a team as best we could he was so he deals with stress differently than I do. He tends to turn inward. And so it's honestly very hard for me to tell when he's stressed because he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't seem any different to me. And we've known each other for 10 years. We've been together for 10 years, but he doesn't seem any different. So Mm -hmm. I don't know when he's stressed, but the one way I can tell is when he doesn't really participate in parenting because he's essentially shut down. So he did what he could, but he couldn't do quite as much. Um, I'm sorry. I forgot the first part. (laughs) So how you guys, I know, right. It's called, it's called burnout. (laughs) My brain is fried. Um, So is he, so he's kind of shutting down and your stress level is at an all time high and you're like, okay, we're supposed to be a team here. You're going after the diagnosis. You guys are researching ways to get Benji assistance or the diagnosis. So you weren't real. You knew he was stressed, but, or or you didn't didn't know. I didn't realize how stressed he was. I mean, to this day, it, it takes until he's like, I'm losing my mind for me to realize because he looks totally fine. He doesn't express it. He doesn't appear depressed or anxious. He just looks like him. But I, the only way I can tell is the less he does around the house and the less he does around the kids, the more I know he's stressed. Sure. That's the only sign. <laughs> which is, wow. Which is tough because we do want to work as a team together. And I do want to help him with the stress and the burnout. But I, I can if I don't know where he is in his head stress-wise mm-hmm. 
So when he's he's stressing out, you you start seeing him shutting down. The circuits <clears throat> are breaking, um, and then and then you're you're stressed out. Is I I know for me, um, and certainly my husband at the time, we both started very much turning inward, which is. <clears throat> you know, so our son was turning inward. I was turning in, we're all turning inward, you know, we're trying to figure all of this stuff out and cope and survive. And so there, I, I become, I became really isolated. You know, I, I did not really socialize a lot. I talked with family some about it, but did you experience any of that or are you experiencing any of that now? With, like, isolation or turning inward. Yes. So, the the isolation has come about in a couple of different ways. So, one is we don't have time to really do much or go places and certainly no time to really go see friends or have days out. We have so many therapies. So, the kids are in PT, OT, speech. Benji has ABA therapy, a zillion hours a week. We... Lewis and I both work full-time, and we're trying to navigate the world of insurance and funding and, 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 and. It just never ends. So we don't have the community that we had, and we don't even really have any time to attempt to build our relationship with the religious community that we were more a part of when we moved here two years ago. We've pretty much dropped all of that because it's just not possible. So... We have isolation in that way, but the on the other end, the people that we have kept in touch with, so certain family and friends, and unfortunately, our closest friends are at least an hour away for the closest ones, so mm. that's troubling as well, but most of them don't understand, so yeah. our parents, you know, they try to understand, and I feel like his parents understand a little bit more than Mm -hmm. my parents they but they don't really get it the siblings don't really get it even though again they're trying but yeah to a degree if you haven't gone through it or you don't know people who've gone through it you you don't really get it you just don't you you can't really realize the toll it takes and what it's like and how much you need to go through and a lot of my friends had neurotypical kids and totally didn't get it or their kids were like the easiest kids in the world so they really really didn't get it some of my friends don't have kids so they couldn't understand and then I do have three maybe friends who have kids with special needs and because they have kids with special needs they didn't really have time (laughs) to get together or to talk because they're just as stressed as I am so we've been really isolated for all of those reasons and you know, be, for me, even though I work with a lot of people and I, I, I really just interact with my patients because that's who I have to interact with. And in order to make sure that we're getting the kids where they need to go on time and get them to therapies, I have to squish all of my work into the smallest box I can at work. So I don't have time to socialize with my colleagues. Mm. So even though they're there and they're available, I just don't have the time. And they, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and have different lives, so they don't really get it. And every time I've tried to bring up anything I'm going through, 
the conversation has very quickly turned into literally anything but. So it's been very difficult to get out of that isolation. Sure. Do Are there kind of support, parent support groups or, or anything that is in the community? It, that's And the reason I ask is because... Mm-hmm. With my autism tribe, of course, we have the nonprofit portion of it. And something that I launched a few months ago was what I call apps, autism parent programs. Mm-hmm. And so we have another one coming up in January um, of 2020. And it's what it's turned out to be. It, it I started it as a way of providing those parents that still have questions, they're still trying to navigate. Some of these parents still have yet to get a diagnosis or they may be waiting for ABA therapy or some type of therapy. And so providing these trainings or these answer question sessions so that they can be working on some of these things at home. But what I found is when these parents get together we had and we provide respite there as well that that it's like this everyone walks in and it's such a safe space Mm -hmm. because there's no judgment everyone knows where everyone is like okay i i gotcha you have this glazed over look on your face right now you you have just had a day from hell and i don't even need to ask you questions you know and people are like subtly giving each other high fives just because they get it and so is there anything there that you can like find your people like face to face Yes. So we have just very recently, like within the last month or so, found these resources, not because we didn't necessarily know they were there, but because we we couldn't find childcare, we couldn't, we were Mm. so tired, we couldn't get out of the house, yada, yada, yada. So there is through the Autism Society, they have a local chapter, and I'm hoping or assuming most places do, fingers crossed, but Every month they have a support group. It's actually two hours long. So we went this month and actually Alex's teacher, she has a son who has autism. So she said, you are going, I am coming over and watching the kids. You are going the end. So that's awesome. Yes. And we really needed that push because we weren't able to get it together to find anyone to watch the kids that night. We wanted to go. We just were like, it starts at 7 p.m. Are you kidding me? I know. So we went, and it was great. There weren't a ton of people there, but it was enough that it was. It felt really supportive, and they all got it, and they all cared, and everyone tries to help each other, and they had resources, and it was, it was really great. And a, a friend of mine, so it's a Benji's close friend's mother, she works in the special needs world and her son who's Benji's friend has undiagnosed but pretty severe ADHD and she I mean her older son older daughter has it too so she she really knows kind of what's coming but Mm -hmm. she gave me information about a local essentially like special olympics group for kids I think under eight every Saturday for 16 weeks out of the year they get together at a local gym and they learn like how to throw a ball how to catch a ball how to kick a ball and 
it's all kids with special needs of any type and their siblings if they want to they are so open so we've gone to about five of those now and it has been life-changing you from the second we went in i'm like oh my god i'm home these are my people it's honestly even been more helpful than the support group because we whenever we go places i you know we've been lucky no one's outwardly said anything negative about our kids or our parenting but i feel judged when we go out because of the behaviors of our children mostly of benji but here no one says a thing every kid does their thing no one's judged they're not they're not like well why isn't benji doing this he should do this oh benji come here you need to do this why are you having a meltdown why are you sitting in, in your mom's lap for an hour not participating they let you do whatever and when they have structured time about 50% of the kids are off doing their own thing in their own world. Of course. And it's great. And everyone supports it and everyone cheers them on. And they ask, oh, hey, you know, hey, do you need something else? Is there anything we can do? If not, you're totally cool. Enjoy yourself. I'm really glad you're here. And the other parents get it. And they're all so nice. And I mean, that's that's where my tribe is. These people that's awesome. are phenomenal. And we look forward to going every week. And I think we look forward to it more than the kids. Uh, sure. I know Alex has a great time. <laughs> the one-year-old but Benji sits in my lap the whole time and does nothing but I, I, you know he and I are bonding and he likes sitting next to his friend's mom and my husband and I just get a lot of support and it's been really really helpful uh, we also have through the children's school we've actually met three parent three couples who have kids who have special needs um all three actually are kids who are very close friends of Benji's and they have been really great too. So one was the child I mentioned who has ADHD and the other two, their kids actually have autism. So, I mean, kind of small world. We didn't expect to, to meet these folks, but they've been phenomenal and we really, really like them and they're new friends within the last couple months, but having them has been a really great support and knowing that we're not alone and, not only that, but we're all going through the same thing in the same school. Yeah. So that's been really nice. It's it's awesome. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know, it what what started off with me, um, with my autism tribe is I literally went to dinner with a small group of just incredible, amazing mothers and we had the best time and I walked away feeling so fulfilled and I know that I've mentioned this probably in multiple podcasts but this is truly really what got me thinking that hey I need I need to do this more and it's it's absolutely imperative and crucial for my sanity and I'm going to be a better mom if I do this and so we started this kind of group text thing you know and someone would say hey I'm gonna I'm gonna add someone else on to this text and I'm gonna add somebody else and this is not a text that we get blown up with every day but every now and again someone will send a group text hey uh does anyone have a recommendation for a dentist? You know, we've been going to this dentist and we just don't feel like this is a really good fit now. My kiddo had some bad behavior and they're telling us not to come back. Or does anybody have any recommendations for a good psychologist or whatever it may be? Um, Or someone to cut hair. And 
the chances are 99.9% of the time, someone on that group text string knows like a, a reference. Um, and so it's really just been incredible to have. And some of these people I have never met face to face. I don't even have their name programmed in my phone. I have no idea who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so person 859, blah, 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 blah. But it's really, really cool. And so I guess my whole point in that is that even if it's not face-to-face, even if you have just like this tin can and you're shouting out, help me, to somebody, if there's somebody that you know is going to be on the other end, it it's right. just huge. Well, I actually, I'm not personally a social media person, mm-hmm. which is funny because now as a relatively new podcaster, I have to be. But I, I just never have been, but I've found some really supportive Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are just parenting Facebook groups. Some are specific to special needs. But I know if I'm having a really bad day, I can just put whatever it is that I want to put out there and get support from total strangers, but strangers who get it and strangers who care. Yeah. And that makes a world of difference as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, help comes in all shapes, sizes, forms. Yeah. I have a very dear friend that I've never met face to face. She sits in Singapore and Uh-oh. we met on LinkedIn and she's absolutely incredible and she's an autism mom yeah. and another another autism mom that sits in Australia and she's absolutely amazing and just uh, so many just incredible people that I really truly do hope that I meet face to face one day and I swear I promise you I'm gonna make some kind of retreat or summit and invite (laughs) everybody there because I really just want to squeeze and give the people the biggest hugs because they have done so much for me and I hope that um, that I'm able to do so much for them too, because that's what it's all about, right? It's right. we're we're all in it to help each other because there are going to be those days where we really need to be lifted as well. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Well, I am so fortunate to have had, I mean, I know that this is probably about 30 minutes that we've talked here, but I Uh know that we're going to just continue this relationship. A lot of the guests that I've had on the show, we still continue to talk to this day and we text each other happy birthdays or whatever. I love (laughs) when I say that I love all of all of the people that I've met. I truly do mean it. And I'm so fortunate to have you now as part of my tribe. Thank you. And thank you for having me as part of your tribe. I really appreciate it. It honestly means a lot to me. I'm going to put the links to your website, foobarpod.com, in the show notes, also your Twitter handle and your Facebook. So it's pretty much foobarpod across the board, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everybody check that out. Again, I'm also going to put it in the podcast show notes for the direct links and Um, Jessica, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show, and let's please keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. There's no perfect way of parenting, and as Jessica points out, there are always fails, nails, and comical tales along our journeys. Learn to embrace them and know that you're not alone. We're all in it together. Thanks for joining me on my journey, and thanks for being a part of my autism tribe. I'll see you next week.